Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we look up and think, wow, this is the last Sunday we'll meet in this year. It's good to see you that you're the great I am. You're the one who just is. And that you're unchanging. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the Alpha and the Omega. And as we finish this year, your word says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so, Lord, we remember those who have wept this year. It has been a hard year for many lost loved ones and jobs and, and friends. It's been hard. So, Lord, minister to those that it's been a hard year for. We look forward to you coming back with no more tears. And yet you also call us to rejoice with those who rejoice, and we rejoice at, at those who had a chance to get married or have children or, or lead someone to faith in Christ. Lord, so many joys, and we give you thanks for them. And now as we open up your word together, we pray you would forgive the one who speaks, for his sins are many, and you'd help us to see Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to John 15. The message is called The Year in Review. We're going to, to take a little look back this week because next week we start a new year and a new decade, right? We're going to read from John 15 just to set it up for you a little bit. It was the last night that Jesus was with his disciples before he went to the cross it was perhaps, perhaps they were walking from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, and perhaps they're walking through a vineyard when Jesus teaches his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father, father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch, and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Um, Christmas, huh? What'd you get for Christmas, huh? Look, look what someone got me. Now, if you look in my left hand, it's a playing card of our son Nathan who played for the Colorado Rapids. And if you look in my right hand, it's a playing card when our son Caleb was, was drafted by the Dolphins. Someone knows how much I love our kids and went and found playing cards of two of our kids and gave them to me for Christmas. Wow, it was so, so neat. 
thank you, Asher and Strider. It was so neat to get those cards. I didn't have them, and, and he gave it to me. Thank you. It was a good gift. We can, we can thank. I mean, don't you love when someone studies you and knows what you like and does something for you? That's why it was a really cool gift, but you know what the best gift for Christmas was, don't you? It was Jesus, wasn't it? Listen, Jesus was the greatest gift, and, and this year, what we've really been doing this year with Jesus is, um, is we've been learning that Jesus invites us on a disciple-making adventure. We began the year, and we looked at how Jesus' last command should be our first concern. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. And so we've asked the question this year, as, as we're looking back on the year, what is a disciple? And we said a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And then we asked the question, well, what does it look like to follow Jesus? And we said a disciple has three great loves. A disciple loves Jesus. So as we look back on the year, are you more in love with Jesus than you were when the year started, are you? A disciple loves Jesus. And, and we looked at a disciple loves one another. Listen, are, are you more in love with one another? That's what we've been trying to do this year. Are you more in love than when we started? And then a disciple loves the loss. Do we have a greater love for lost people than when the year started? That's the adventure we've been on this year of following Jesus and growing in our love for Jesus and one another and the lost. We've learned this year that disciple-making can be understood with four chairs, with four chairs. And so we looked at how there's chair one, the lost, that, that people start us lost, and Jesus invites us to come and see. And when we come and see Jesus, then we become believers, and we move into chair two, and we're believers, and Jesus says, follow me. And uh, then we, Jesus calls us to move to chair three, where we become a worker, and he says to fish for men. And then we learn that Jesus wants us to, to move to chair four and be a disciple maker and bear much fruit. Matter of fact, Jesus wants mo all of us to spend most of our life in chair four, in chair four bearing much fruit. And the reason for that is that Jesus loves fruit. That's the point of the message today is that Jesus loves fruit. Did you hear that in verse eight? My father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit, and so prove to me, my disciples. I mean, do you just long, do you long to bear much fruit because you know this brings glory to God and, and really pleases Jesus, do you? Which then raises the question people would ask me, well, Smiley, when it talks about bearing much fruit, is it talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love and joy and peace? and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control? Is it talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit, or, or is it talking about the fruit of, of winning people to Christ, and, and building disciples? Which is it? Well, it's, help me, it's what? Both. It's both, isn't it? How can anyone hang around Jesus without becoming like Him? Hmm? And that's His life, Right? And how can anyone hang around Jesus without being involved in what he's doing in the world? And so we've learned this year, we've learned this year that uh, the key to bearing fruit, the key to bearing fruit, whether it's Christ-likeness or, or making disciples, is through abiding in Jesus, isn't it? Through abiding in Christ. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Wow, that as we spend time around Jesus, we begin to smell like him, don't we? We begin to live like him, don't we? And when we spend time around Jesus, we begin to do the things that he did. We begin to follow him in his ministry. And so this year, we've learned uh, that all of us started in chair one, didn't we? We all started as lost people, and then Jesus invited us to come and see, to come and see, and when we come and see... And we see Jesus, we begin to understand the bad news of the gospel, don't we? I mean, look at verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, help me, you can do. Isn't that how the Christian life begins? We meet Jesus, we look at ourselves and understand the bad news of the gospel that we all have a problem called sin that we've all sinned against God, we've all done things and said things and thought things. I mean, aren't we afraid that people in this room might find out what we said this week and did this week and thought right and, and God knows right and so we've all committed what, crime after crime against God and because of that we're in big trouble. Notice what he says, apart from me you can do nothing, we can't fix our brokenness. You know what the problem with good works is, don't you? The problem with good works is good works don't work. You, you, you can't save yourself. He says, apart from me, you can, do, you can do nothing. And when we understand the bad news of the gospel, that we're sinners, we can't save ourselves, then we're ready for the good news. Notice what Jesus says, I'm the vine, I'm the life giver, I'm the one who does it all so you can have it all. So Jesus is, is God the Son who, who put on flesh and, and came to earth and, and lived a perfect life for us. And then he died on the cross for our sins. Taking our sins, dying, and then, and then he rises and, and he offers us eternal life. Notice what eternal life is. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me. We get eternal life when we believe in Jesus. And then notice what happens. And I in him. Then he moves into us. Jesus moves into us and that's what makes the Christian life possible. It's not us trying harder. It's Christ moving in and living his life in us and through us. Have you ever put your faith in Christ? Remember what Jesus said? He said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Believing in Jesus, we love to say, is as simple as ABC, where we admit and then believe and commit. Where we admit, Jesus, I've sinned. Jesus, I can't save you. I agree with you. Apart from you, I can do nothing. If you've never done that, won't you? And then we say, we believe. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me and and rose for me. And then we commit to Jesus as Savior. Jesus, I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm not going to trust in my good works. I'm going to trust in what you did for me for forgiveness and for eternal life. I'm trusting you, not me. And it's trusting him as Lord. Today I surrender. I want you to move in. I want you to take over. And from this day forward, as you give me strength, I will follow you. And that is how the great disciple-making adventure begins. We connect to Jesus, he moves in, and he begins to live his life in and through us. And so we move from chair one of being lost to chair two where we're a believer, and as a believer, Jesus says to us, follow me. Um, 
What does that mean? See the word abide? The word abide appears, occurs 10 times in this passage, 10 times. And what does the word abide mean? It means to remain. Okay, you put your faith in Jesus, remain in him, live in him, dwell in him. I love the word dwell. An abode is a, it's a home. And so we make Jesus our home, and, and we live in him. It means we follow him. My favorite definition of abide is to be with a friend who loves you and stay there. Okay? You've begun this friendship with Jesus, right? So, so what it means to abide in him is to be with a friend. He loves you. Be with him. Stay there. Listen, here is his part and our part in bearing fruit. So many of us are confused. Well, what's his part and our part? So you're smarter than the average crowd, okay? So as we look at verse 5, as we look at verse 5, what's our part in bearing fruit? What is it? Say it confidently. What's what? It's to abide. Our part. Our part is to abide. Our part is to stay close to him. And yet his part is to produce fruit. When we spend time with Jesus, he produces in us Christ-like character. When we spend time with Jesus, he begins to, to move us out to carry out his ministry. So listen, if we want to abide in Christ, if we want to follow Jesus, it's really important to have a, a church home, to be a part of a biblical community. And so we're going to hear the story from a couple of people who, who this year stepped into community and have found help in following Jesus. We'll start with Joe and Sandy and, and their star, story. The Bonfiglios. We had been looking, you know, we're from Connecticut and we had been looking to, um, to, to kind of move south and we had heard about St. Augustine. Um, so we, we uh, Sandy uh, reached out to, um, went online for a realtor too while we're down here to kind of show us show us around and show us some houses and just, uh, the first place he took us uh, we fell in love with the community but even more so um, as part of kind of the tour we went to the pool area and you know that's where yeah, we met, uh, met a lot of the families and a lot of moms that were there and a lot of them went to the news church and so it just happened that we were there on a weekend and so we came um, to good news on that Sunday and uh, we knew at that point that this was where we um, should be. You know, for um, me initially, you know, it was we met um, the Davises, Stacy Davis's family. They live on our street. Um, we had connected with them right away, and they were the initial people who invited us to our small group. And um, our small group is, is really, um, yeah, they're an incredible group. We really, um, I mean, we have truly leaned on them very much just in regards to emotional support. Um, just helping us on this journey, praying for us. I mean, it is, we've, we feel like we've done life alone for a long time, um, and just having the support system of the community to know that they're praying for us and moments where we are having self-doubt and we're just questioning things, and we have a group of people who are there to, to pray for us and be with us. So that was a huge, a small group was a huge, um, a huge part of that in, in our growth. Our small group um, families are, amazing I mean they're just amazing people that you know we couldn't have done this without them they were really an anchor for us and um, we're very we're so grateful I mean words really can't express you know um, our gratitude so they come Joe and Sandy come here 
on a weekend to look. Uh, that weekend, meet at someone in the pool, invite them to church, come, decide to make, uh, to move to St. Augustine, make good news their church home, plug into a small group and find that small group so helpful in helping them adjust to the area and follow Jesus. Um, we also have a, a story about the importance of community from Amy. My name is Amy Fretwell. Earlier this year, I heard a missionary give a talk and she's someone who has worked with the poorest of the poor for almost 20 years and she said, love has to look like something. And I've thought about that comment a lot, especially in relation to what we've been learning here at Good News, loving God, loving others, and loving the lost. That has to look like something. And so this year, I've been trying to be more intentional about making love look like something, making time to show my love for others, um, trying to reach out to friends more frequently, especially if there's someone I know is going through a hard time, maybe just sending a text, asking if they can meet me for coffee, um, seeing if I can pray for them, just trying to connect more regularly with people, uh, including friends that I have in our community that are far from God, that don't know the Lord, trying to reach out and share parts of my testimony with them, hopefully to encourage them. Um, we have seen a lot of families in the community visit our church and we hope to always include everyone to be a part of what we're doing and hopefully the way that we um, connect with others makes them feel welcome and, um, and you know, hopefully we are inviting people to be a part of what we're doing. I hope that God will continue to give us opportunities to serve and um, to share His love with others and we would love to see people that we know that we have become friends with, uh, people that maybe don't know the love of God yet. We would love to see them um, have the love of Jesus. So Amy, being a part of a biblical community and hearing that love needs to look like something, it really looks like Jesus, right? And, and as she's been following Jesus, she's become more intentional and in growing in her love for Jesus and, and one another and the lost. So we're a believer, and then Jesus calls us to take a next step to move from being a believer to being a worker, a worker. And when we, when we become a worker, Jesus wants us to fish for men. He wants us to, to partner with him to win lost people and, and build up his people. So here's a story of Celesta and how she's learning to, to win people to Christ. I'm Celesta Mitchell, and um, I've been going to Good News for six or seven years now. Um, a few years back, I felt a tug on my heart to start a running club and I thought is that really what I'm supposed to do I'm not a runner I don't know if I'm good enough to encourage others um, I have so many other things going on in my life you know I have three boys little boys um, I'm busy all the time um, but then I, I thought, okay, if this tag is from God, um, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask my mom to pray about it. And uh, if it continues, then I will know that God is asking me to do something. Um, so it did. It continued. And um, I decided to start the running group. And it's not just a simple running group. 
um, uh, I enjoy running now, um, although the primary purpose of the group is just to encourage other women, different stages in their lives, uh, a lot of them are not Christians, and it's an opportunity to share um, both our struggles and our praises and uh, be there for each other and then pray together. So we start, we, we meet every Saturday morning and we start by sharing life and, uh, and then we pray for every single one in the running group. And 30 to an hour later, we run for just a 5K every, every, every Saturday. There are a few women that just don't know Jesus. And I, um, I want our group to, to just be that, that light into their lives. Um, and this may be their only way of hearing about Jesus. So I want our example, the Christian ladies that are in the group, to, to be an encouragement to them. And God calls us to, to love on others. That, that's how he even says, um, in order for others to know that you are my disciples, um, love one another and see Jesus at work. Did you hear that? She, you know, that she really felt Jesus was calling her to reach out to other ladies through starting a, a running club. And so let me ask you, what is something you enjoy doing that you could use in the same way? Rick Warren at Saddleback Church, what he encourages people at Saddleback is to find something you enjoy doing and then do it with a lost person. Uh, what is it that you like to do that you could use to uh, help win people to, to faith in Christ? That was Celeste's story. Here's, here's Andrew's story. Uh, I'm Andrew Mooneyhan. Uh, my daughter Harmony and I have been coming to Good News for uh, almost two years now at uh, uh, almost right at two years and um, it's been absolutely a, a life-changing experience for us to be at Good News. So Pastor Andy uh, invited um, about 40 men in the church to do a chronological study of Jesus. One of the things that really stuck out to me was you know the amount of time that Jesus spent in prayer and if we're going to be a disciple um, that makes other disciples, we're going to need to be in prayers. You know, we need to be ready to, to listen to him at all times. And, you know, one of the things in that study that we did was we learned about the relationships. And with Jesus, it was about making relationships that were unbelievably valuable. And then, in turn, those people that he made those relationships with and those bonds with could then turn and do the same thing and duplicate it and teach others how to duplicate that same process. And that's really what the disciple-making adventure has, has, has been all about. And so I reached out to my nephew, and he's in the Navy, uh, 21, and he said, yeah, no, absolutely, sure thing. Uncle Andy, just uh, send me the book. I'll be happy to do the study with you. So I was like, okay, great. Send him the book. And a couple weeks into the study, uh, one of his bunkmates who was a Christian saw the study, saw what he was doing, and said, hey, you know, inquired about it. And they started doing the study together. And a couple weeks later, the other bunkmates, his two other bunkmates that were not Christian, um, 
saw them growing in their faith and saw what a difference that their life was changing to be and inquired about it and started doing the study together. And so talking to them the couple of times about the study and trying to lead them and was just a tremendous faith growing experience uh, for myself. They asked me and Mrs. Kristen Schulte, who teaches the class with me on Sunday mornings, if we would have any interest in volunteering to teach in the Vacation Bible School. Really, during that week, during our class, is when the children are given the opportunity to accept Jesus as our Savior if they haven't already. And on day four, when it was really the uh, you know the commitment day, we had 33 children come to know Christ as their Savior that day. And then on Sunday we had a little girl who missed on Thursday, but had been there the rest of the week. We gave the same lesson again on in the Sunday school class, and she raised her hand and also accepted Christ as her Savior. So we had 34 that week. And for me, it was just absolutely amazing. You know, I, I really, I, I, for lack of a better um, you know, way to express it, I, I kind of liken it to the, the Christmas story of the Grinch when his heart grew three times that day. And our faith really grew exponentially that week. So you have Andrew begins to look at the life of Christ, right? And then he begins to follow after him to pray and the importance of community and the importance of sharing and sharing with his nephew, plug it into community and, and together with others reaching uh, so many children to faith in Christ, really learning how to fish for men. And um, we have another fishing for men story from Riley. My name is Riley Stevens. I'm 16 years old. Um, I've grown up going to Good News Church. My relationship with Christ um, grew so much this year. Um, I was able to do Knowing Him, which is a 50-day chronological study of the life of Jesus. Um, so I was able to look through the life of Jesus, um, looking at how He um, lived and how I can model to walk as Jesus walked. And Jesus taught me to be more proactive in my faith. Um, like I said, I grew up in the church um, and hadn't really um, invited people to church, hadn't really had gospel conversations with people, um, but then looking at Jesus, everywhere he went he was sharing the gospel with people. Um, and that's just been amazing for me just to know that no matter what I'm doing, I always have a chance to talk to people about Jesus. Um, Jesus offered the invitation to uh, many people to come and see and to follow me. Um, so I was able to offer the invitation um, to my teammates to come and see Jesus. Um, I invited them to take 15 minutes after football workouts during the summer to open up the Bible um, and look at Jesus. Um, and that was a pretty amazing thing because I was able to um, use the exact words that Jesus used by come and see. And I, I told my teammates, come and see Jesus. The first week we did it, there was only one person that showed up. Um, and I was, I was kind of disappointed, but then at the same time I was super thankful that God produced one person that came and was able to hear the good news of Jesus. Um, and over the year, um, so many people were able, so many more people were able to come. It started off with one person, um, then it was four or five, 
um, nine to ten people, and then towards the end of the year and into the season, uh, there was twenty guys showing up every every week um, to learn about Jesus, and I thought it was so amazing the hunger um, that all the people showed, all my teammates. They were just so eager to hear Jesus, and then even after um, when the Bible study was over, they were like, "Tell me when you're meeting again. I'd, I'd love to come next time." Um, it was just really cool to see how eager they were to hear about Jesus. This year, um, I've been able to offer the invitation for my teammates to come to youth group. Um, so when they come, I'm able to kind of take them aside and just just meet with them, because um, I think that's the most comfortable for them, just to to be with people they know and um, it's almost like a brotherhood with their football teammates so meet with them and every Wednesday night we're able to look at Jesus more um, and they keep coming and it's amazing. Yeah so I want to continue doing the Bible study with my teammates um, and I'd love for them to come to faith in Jesus I and mean, that's the most important thing I can share with them. Isn't that great? So you have a young man who's looking at Jesus and it makes him more proactive in his faith. Isn't that what we want? And, and beginning to have gospel conversations when he's not in the past. And, and then also learning to trust the scriptures. Because so often we're afraid that we don't have all the answers. And I think if, if we just realize we're inviting people to come and see Jesus. Just come and see Jesus and just open up the scripture and let Jesus take care of the rest. Uh, great, great story. And so being a worker is is really about winning the lost. It's also about building up believers. And we have a, a couple that are, are learning how to build up believers, and that's Matt and Amanda as they share their story. Yeah, my name is Matt Sylvester. This is my beautiful wife, Amanda. I think um, one thing I've learned this year is that, you know, we're all sinners and we need Christ and that he can use all of us and, and as vessels to share his word and to minister to others and be witnesses to others. We have learned a lot about patience this year. We have been through a lot of um, personal battles through this year, um, things that were out of our control. And to realize that they're really out of our control and we can't do anything about it and the way that we react is going to have to come from God and he's our only hope in these situations. I think mm -hmm. has been able to keep us together. We realize we're two imperfect people and to be able to love each other through all those moments um, was probably the, the biggest thing going into our marriage. Mm -hmm. God uses imperfect people and really wants us to step up and help. And so for this next year, we'd really like to open our home and be able to lead a small group. Mm -hmm. And I would like to be able to get over the fact that, you know, I'm not perfect. And um, I think that's what makes Christianity such a beautiful thing. I think Matt and Amanda learned such an important thing. You don't have to have it all together. That Jesus loves to work through imperfect people. And, and, and so they're building up the body through serving and wanting to have a small group of their own. So uh, chair three is that we're a worker. And, and then Jesus wants us to take that next step and be a disciple maker and bear much fruit. And that is that we would be involved in winning and, and building and equipping. We have a couple of good stories the first is George, Patty, and Gina as they tell their story of bearing much fruit. So I'm Gina Johns and I've been, have been a member of Good News since uh, 2013. And the idea of teaching fourth and fifth grade children when I first became a member just, I just never even thought about it. And now I can't even imagine 
not not serving in the, that capacity with the kids. I'm Patty McNeely, and we've been in the church since 2014. Um, and like Gina, the last thing on my mind was teach. It scared the heck out of me to think about teaching fourth grade, fourth and fifth graders, because I was new to my faith at that point. I mean, I grew up believing, but I was new to the Bible, put it that way. New to the Bible at that point. Mm -hmm. And to teach somebody else, it was just kind of scary. And it's just been phenomenal. Um, can't get enough of it. I'm George McNeely, and obviously Patty's husband. And uh, I started helping them out a couple years ago. Um, I've really enjoyed the last couple of years helping them out. Um, we have gotten a real good team between the three of us with the fourth and fifth graders and we have a real connection with them. Uh, and it's really, it's really, really fun to, mm -hmm. to come in on Sunday and, and teach them, so. The older kid, the children that we've already taught, the fourth and fifth graders we already taught now in sixth and seventh grade come back and help us. They like to sit in on the class and participate in the class. They help us getting the message across to the kids um, in the fourth and fifth grade, and they help them look up in the Bible. Um, some of their things that they come out with teach us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. they, they, they can put things in a, in a perspective sometimes that we can't, that the, the kids can relate to better in it. Of course, it, it benefits us too because we learn we learn that too. So, for the older kids again coming back and helping, um, I don't think when they were in fourth and fifth grade, you know, that they were thinking that way. But a year or two later, yeah. it's just wonderful to see the growth, um, and um, and the and the enthusiasm is. It's it's awesome. So George, Patty, and Gina have, have found that by by leading and serving has helped them to grow, and they found the joy of those that they've discipled now coming back and helping them to disciple others. And then we have another uh, great story from Emmanuel and Ryan. Um, Emmanuel Lambright, I go to University of North Florida. I was on the UNF basketball team and David Ackerman was a manager there and he, he invited me to come. Uh, I learned that the gospel wasn't just uh, a call to be a, a better person and try harder, but is actually about a gracious God who, who loves me and cares so much that he sent his son to, to die for me. And that is actually good news and isn't just like um, legalism or just, I don't know, another weight to carry, but is actually something that, that lifts the sin off of me. One of the managers on the team, um, me and him have like we started talking and we've got to know each other pretty well and we sat down and we read uh, I think we read through we read through Romans um, together and that was super awesome he uh, at first he had like a really hard time trying to like understanding that we can't earn our way into heaven or that our good works don't mean anything as far as like before God uh, like our righteousness before God is not of ourselves, but is only possible through Jesus Christ. Like, he had a really hard time seeing that. He thought that he could, by his good works, get into heaven. 
Um, but we talked through that and he, he really like, it was a really cool moment when his eyes like lit up and he saw that his works weren't good enough, but that Christ's works were sufficient. And then like in that moment, he just, he gave his life to Christ and it was super awesome. My name is Ryan. Uh, I go to UNF. I'm originally from Orlando and uh, just started attending Good News about a couple months ago. I heard about Good News from your son, David. He's a good friend of mine. We're both managers on the UNF basketball team. So he said, you should come and see. And so I came to Good News and uh, have been coming ever since. Uh, I'm, I've learned and am still learning more and more ways. Uh, I'm in need, desperate need of Jesus and um, just how broken I am and that I can't do it by myself. But I'm really glad that Jesus came and died and rose again for me. I've learned a lot through reading scripture and learned truths that I wouldn't have come to on my own. And God's shown me ways that I can better follow him through that. I need community desperately to function and it's following Jesus is hard. Um, and it certainly gets easier when I have people around me to uh, encourage me and challenge me show me ways that I can improve and, and encourage me and tell me things that I'm doing really well. And I've really enjoyed having friends such as Emmanuel and David and uh, Carter, guys who come here that I can do life with. I'm very much so prone to, to being alone. I, I do definitely tend towards isolation most times. Uh, that's my default setting. So being here, with like the little core group that we have um, that has started to come down here every Sunday has been super awesome to like grow together, hear the gospel together and talk about Jesus together. Isn't that cool? You have two young men coming to faith in Christ and beginning to lead others to faith in Christ, realizing how important scripture is in, to, to life and how important biblical community is. Um, but as I was thinking about bearing much fruit, uh, made me think of a couple uh, small group leaders here, Terry and Shirley Jennings, they have led a small group for over 21 years. Can, can, is that amazing? And they've ministered to so many people at really difficult times in their life, and a, and a lady in their small group, Rita, has been in the hospital for about a month. And Terry and Shirley go there almost every day and they pray for her, and then they text all of us what's going on and how we can pray for Rita. And they're so amazing. And so this week, I thank Terry for that. And he says, listen, we're having the time of our lives serving and seeing Jesus make a difference in the lives of other people. And I said, Terry, everyone wins when you lead 10, right? And he said, yes. He says, we're having joy. Others are being ministered to. And, and Jesus gets glory, right? By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. And so proved to be my disciples. We thought it was really important to take a, a week that Jesus loves fruit and that we would look back and, and see some of the fruit of the disciple-making adventure that we're on this year <clears throat> and, uh, and to learn to rejoice with Jesus over that fruit. And so that's what I'd love for you to do this week is just take some time to rejoice. You've heard some stories, kind of some statistics to go with that. This year we saw 162 people profess faith in Christ through the witness of people here at Good News. And let's give God thanks for that. 
there were 41 people who let us know they had a chance to lead a friend to faith in Christ. If you have a chance to win someone to faith in Christ, let us know. But we know 41 people who said, hey, I had a chance to win a friend to Christ this year, and we rejoice with that. Uh, this year, we've had some financial challenges, but it's still been one of the best giving years that we've had, and I want to thank all of you who, who've been a part of that. Be, because we're together, we were able to help plant 13 churches around the world. So I, I want to thank you for that. We should give God thanks for that. I want to encourage you to do something. If you have a December study, there's something on page 52 if you don't, there's some in the back of the room and at the Resource Center. There's a little, on page 52, it's a time to stop and look back over the year and just ask some questions like, what did you learn this year? And, and how did God build you and your faith and, and others? And I think it's really important for us to stop and look at the fruit in our own life before we look ahead to the new year. Uh, well, Smiley, what, what did you see in your life this year? Well, when I became a Christian many, many years ago, if you had asked me, what did Jesus do for you? I would have said, Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And that's true. And the Bible says that's of first importance. But it was many years after that that I understood not only that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, but that Jesus lived a perfect life for me. He lived a perfect life for me, and the moment I believed in Jesus, not only was I forgiven, but I was wrapped in his righteousness, and, and I was beautiful to God for the more theologically minded. That's double imputation. My sins were imputed to him, and I was forgiven, and his righteousness imputed to me, and I was right with God. But it was only this year, many years later, that I really began to understand that, that Jesus is our model for life and for ministry, and, and, and a new fascination for really studying the life of Christ and saying, I want to follow Jesus and live like him. It's been good for me this year. And he's our model for ministry and really studying how Jesus did ministry so that I would seek to win people the way he did or build people the way he did or equip people the way he did or multiply disciple makers the way he did. So, uh, listen, take some time and look back, and then let's get really excited because 2020 is about to start, and Jesus loves fruit, and I want you to know, here's what's so encouraging. Jesus loves to produce fruit in the most unlikely people, doesn't he? I mean, Peter and Andrew were fishermen, and Paul was a persecutor, and, and me, and you. Oh, listen to this. My Father is glorified by this, that you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, the most unlikely people of all, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad you came, and you lived that life for us, died in our place. You modeled for us how to do life and ministry. You died and rose so that we could do life and eternity with you. Thank you. Listen, if you've never believed in Jesus, won't you make that step now? Won't you end this year right? Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry? And won't you believe I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose? And won't you commit to him? Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. 
I want you to be Lord of my life. From this day forward, as you give me strength, I will follow you all the days of my life. Oh, if you've committed to him for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you or tell someone. Lord, for those of us who have received you, I pray we would take time this week and we would look back and we would see what you have done in our lives and we would rejoice at the fruit that you're producing in us. And we would then look ahead and look forward to what you're going to do in and through us in the new year. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.